0: Welcome to the blue collar experts podcast. My name is Todd wall, and we recognize that the marketplace is more crowded than it ever has been in human history. We use the principle of if it is true there, then it is true here to find what is working in different contexts and apply it to your business. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Blue Collar Experts. You know, we really believe here that that your cause is the ultimate driver that drives you into excellence, that drives you into the why as to why you do what you do. Why do you push more than other companies to engage more with your customer and with your client? What is the ultimate driver. Today, I've got a guest that I'm super excited to talk to because the cause is his ultimate driver. Let me bring on Dave Westcott with Trans Blue. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. How are you doing? I'm doing very good, Dave. I'm super excited to talk to you because just looking at your website, a person can immediately see how how cause-driven you actually are. Not only is it written into your mission statement, but then you know a lot of people have pretty mission statements, don't they, Dave? Right. Where it just sits nice and sitting on the wall. It's it's framed, beautiful. But that doesn't always impact everybody, does it, Dave? No,
1: it does not. Uh, but, I mean,
0: yeah, immediately you've got three causes, and we'll talk about those in just a minute. But I mean, so before we even get into what you do, Dave. I mean, what what do you see as the importance
1: of really having a cause that drives you? Yeah, man. I mean, I think this is absolutely critical to the success of any business. And the reason that I believe it's the success to any business is because we know that business is tough. Blue collar business is tough, right? We're all going to get into those moments where we have difficult clients or or, or we lose a key employee or things just don't go our way. And the thing that I love about the cause, the thing I love about the why, the thing I love about that piece of business is that when I'm having a really bad day, I can look at that why and I'm like, that's why I'm here. Oh yeah, that's why I'm here. In fact, I can tell you that just you know, last Tuesday or every Tuesday, I do a culture call with my entire team. You know, my team is spread across internationally, spread across the globe. And, you know, with that, every single Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, I do a culture call. And one of the things that I like to do on that culture call is I like to say, how did we change the world today? And so we have Enbridge, which is our nonprofit, which is where we give back through. And Dave Lundquist, who runs that for us. He got on and I said, Dave, you know, give us 90 seconds about what we are doing to change the world today. And he gets on and he tells this story about how, you know, the money that we give to this uh, this group in uh, North Africa is actually rescuing uh, women who are in soft slavery. And what's happening is in this particular area, they get their face cut. Right. So they'll cut the face and, and they cut the face so that the woman's value goes down, so that she no longer has value. And he's saying, hey, with the efforts that we've put in in the last 12 months, we've been able to rescue 27 gals out of this environment. And you think about what that does, and I'm thinking about that, and I'm literally sitting there on the call, and I'm thinking, gosh, I thought I had a bad day. Gosh, I thought my morning was tough. And you're literally talking about someone who in their culture, they they get completely devalued because someone cuts their face. And you think about that, and then you think about what we're able to do, whether we're you know, building a construction project or we're plowing snow, we're able to actually take a portion of that revenue, we're able to donate it to that cause, and that cause is actually able to change lives. And when you think we've changed the lives of 27 women just on that particular initiative, it's like, okay, this is why I'm going to work. This is what I'm pumped up for. Yeah, you know what? I lost that client. Man, bummer. Oh, man, I lost that employee. Oh, man, that job didn't go right. Whatever happened, it's like that's that's the energy. That's the motivation to take one step forward. That's the motivation to keep going and saying, this business is bigger than myself. And so that's part of the reason why I love uh, what we are able to do. And that's why I love the cause, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, I love
0: just in how you describe that. Clearly, it was something you felt, but then even you know, like I speak from a marketing standpoint, the uh, you you provided a metrics. We pro- we saved, we helped X number of people, and by putting that in those tangible terms, it's really something you you feel and you you know you're not just you know not that United Way is bad, but not you're just not just giving to a a cause you're giving to
1: you're you're participating in something that's right our goal is change the world right and and that mission is important and i think that all of us who have been through you know COVID, and all of us who have been through the the great resignation and all of us who you know survive quiet quitting all of these buzzword terms that we hear people use you know a lot of it comes back to an employment and know i shoot a lot of video i do a lot of video content and i was actually shooting video with my marketing team and uh i'm sitting there and i'm shooting the video and we're talking about give back and we're talking about give back to a place called dawson place and and dawson place helps sexually abuse children and we're talking about the give back that we do and it just it really just struck a chord with me and i got choked up and i and I start to, and I teared up a little bit, right in this call. And I look up, and both the camera guys who were shooting behind the camera, they're both teared up too. And I'm like, "Wow, that's crazy!" And they both said, "Hey, listen, the reason that we're here, the reason that we joined this company, is because of how you give back, because of the culture of this business." And I can tell you today, no joke, not I'm not blowing my own horn, nothing, but. We don't have an employee hiring issue. We have more staff, more people than we need, and we've always got more people coming in. And that is a derivative of culture. That is a derivative of why. I like to call it your own brand of crazy, you know, and and when you build that, when that's a part of your fabric, when it's part of your DNA, to your point, it's just not a fancy slogan on the wall that we... You know, hang our hat on and we say this is what we're all about when you put your money where your mouth is when you put your action when you invest in community and in the world you actually end up touching the lives of lots of people in the community and you touch the lives of the people who actually work in your business because those people have gone through circumstances at those organizations they've been involved in those organizations they've volunteered in those organizations they know family members who have been through those organizations and what happens is that power really transcends and now you've got people walking through walls for you because it's not about dave westcott it's about dawson place or next steps pregnancy clinic or you know d's hope it's about these different organizations that people actually believe in and it's a part of our culture. It's a part of our fabric. It's part of our DNA, if you will.
0: I, man, Dave, I absolutely love this. So let me circle back to to our, our target audience here, uh, to the blue collar. And then ultimately, I want to circle back to helping people, helping everyone find, how do you find your cause? How do you find that which drives your company and then what drives you as an individual? But let me, let's tell your story a little bit because you're an international company but but which everyone, a lot of people, not everyone but many people really aspire to be but but Dave, you guys started as a landscaping company. Yeah. you said you've had a major shift about every five years that's just kind of next leveled up. Tell me a little bit about that journey that's taken you from from landscaping to to
1: an international business where you're at now. Yeah, no, great question. You know, I started out, actually, the truth is, 19 years ago, I started out, and uh, and uh, actually, a, a pastor friend of mine, uh, Dave Lundquist, he said, uh, hey, Dave, he said, two things you should do with your, your life. He said, you should buy a house and start a business, and so I was like, okay, well, I don't know how to do either of those things, but I guess I'm going to figure it out, so I left that meeting with and I called my mom and I said, Hey mom, I want to start a landscaping business. Can you help me fill out the paperwork? And I didn't even know how to type at the time, true story. And I went to my mom's house and we filled out the business license online. We paid the 67 bucks or whatever it was at the time, got some insurance, went down to the Kinkos, printed out a thousand door flyers and walked door to door. And I said, God, if you want me to be in business, someone's going to buy this service. And I just dedicated my business to God right there on the on those steps. And I remember that uh, my flyer was clip art. If any, if anybody knows what clip art is, I had a little clip art picture of a guy mowing a lawn and my services were mow, edge, blow, weed, prune. That was all I knew. That's all I knew how to do. And we just threw that out there. And I remember going to my first job, 25 bucks to mow a lawn in Shoreline, got the deal, was so nervous about the price, so nervous about everything. And anyways, built that and then moved landscaping, built that up to around 115 employees, 28 trucks on the road and said, man, we got to do something different. There's got to be a better way. And then we started outsourcing and subcontracting and utilizing subcontractors. And by 2013, we were running 7,500 subcontractors nationwide. And. You know, this, uh, you know, in 2018-19 branched into working in the, the Canadian market, so on and so forth. And, you know, I think 2020 opened an office in the Philippines. So, you know, just that journey that of just listening, growing and always trying to do better, always trying to level up, always trying to be more than we are today is what enables us to have that growth. So if you were to do a masterclass
0: um, yeah. to that that blue collar he just got his he, let's say he's got his landscaping business. What was the thought process, the heart process behind how to level up? How to to transform from where you are to like you said, what is God calling you to or what what cause is pulling you forward? What how what would your masterclass, what would your three tips be or one tip be for how to level up, how to move forward, how to
1: evolve as, as a business? Yeah, that's a great question. I think number one, I got to look deep and I got to say, why am I here? Okay. What's my calling? What's my purpose? My purpose is to, is to go where God's not right. So like, that's, that's like what inspires me. That's where I want to be. So, like, okay, so what does that mean? How do I drive that? Okay, well, I, I don't feel like I'm a great missionary. I don't feel like I'd be a great pastor, but I'm pretty good at business, and I'm pretty good at making money, so I can do those things, and then I can divest that into, uh, you know, the kingdom, um, that direction. So I really want to understand what drives me personally, and it, and it can be anything that you want, right? Like, it, you know, it can be family. It can be uh, religious focused. It, it can be whatever it is, but you got to understand what you're fighting for. And then from there, once you understand that, now I need to you know, decide what the conduit is that I'm going to do in my business. And it doesn't matter if it's asphalt paving or concrete or electrical or landscaping maintenance or building construction. I need to find out what am I good at and how can I deliver the best customer service? How can I do what nobody else can do right? How do I deliver that to my customer? And then when I do that, what trade association, because I believe in trade associations, what trade association, what group of peers am I going to, am I going to join up with? Where am I going to invest my time to continue growing? Because I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I want to sit there and I want to sit with the veterans, the guys who have been doing it 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, what tips and tricks can I learn? So if I'm a, if I'm on my entrepreneurial journey, and i'm and i'm blue collar or not blue collar or whatever i am i'm in business what i want to understand is why am i here what am i fighting for if i was in a knife fight what am I, what am i fighting for <clears throat> what am i doing and then two what's what am i going to do to make the money to to make my life everything i need to be concrete asphalt paving house building carpet laying whatever you want it to be whatever that is how am i going to get there and then who do i associate myself with And I love the trade association because you've got a lot of people who have been there for a long time with a lot of expertise and they are willing to share. They are willing to help you grow. They are willing to invest in your business. And when you're a part of those groups and that networking, that's really where you see that amazing growth because the light bulb just goes on and it's like, wow, here we go. Okay, I picked up these tips from Bob. I picked up this tip from Jay. I've asked Mike if he'll be my mentor right? And so now you're really starting to learn and grasp. And I think the number one thing that business owners don't do is they don't invest in themselves, right? They're so busy day to day in everything that they're doing that that they don't take the time to join the trade show. They don't take the time to join the masterclass. They don't take the time to have the peer to peer discussions, because they're so busy. And as business owners, we got to get out of our business, we got to get out of the day to day. And we got to spend time on ourselves, we got to spend time growing and building and nurturing what we are trying to accomplish. And we got to back that up with the why. And I like to think of the why as your pillars of foundation? What is that built on? Did that answer your question? Absolutely, it did. I, uh, I believe that's one of the,
0: that's one of the elements that we teach as well. It, you know, the, the building of, of belonging. Um, it really, to, to me, it goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. you, you remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Did, from, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that, that's where that strategic, those strategic partnerships and the, you know, once you know you're safe and then what do you belong to? That's that next level That's one of the pyramids that you said every Tuesday you have a, a dial in call. I've got a sheet that I a playbook that I use personally, and it's got that pyramid in there of what are the strategic partnerships that I have to be a part of and how am I adding to that community? So so two questions that follow up questions that I've got for you is the first one is as your business evolved and developed from from landscaping to now complex construction projects, you know, I, I spoke with, with Damon, John, and he was, he was talking about uh, he's talking about how they recognized FUBU was part of a greater cause. And he said, they didn't realize they were part of a cause until they looked around and go, Oh, we're sitting right in the middle of it. The cause is calling us. So what instruction would you give, and as a person wants to develop that next skill set, how do they recognize what's right in front of them? So, like, how did how did you know to step from landscaping into that next level? What what advice would you give there?
1: Yeah, that's that's actually that's actually a, a fabulous question, um, because a lot of times what's what's right underneath you, you don't notice. Right. It's, it's really hard to notice what's right underneath of you. And so I, I think that the way that you really begin to discover that is, I think that you have to have the mindset of constantly being a learner, right? You've got to have this mindset that says, I am going to continue to learn and learn and learn and grow. Because I think without that, I think in construction or in any kind of business that we're in, like as an owner, it's real easy to get caught up in the day to day, just Oh, I got to make payroll. I got to solve this problem. I'm the only one who can handle this. I'm the only one who can fix this. I don't trust my team. And I, and I think that as you decide for yourself that you say, Hey, I'm going to be a learner. You then become a delegator, right? Because that's the next step. And so when I start to delegate my tasks, when I start to say, I'm going to trust my team. I realize that my team may not do it as well as I do. I realize that I may have some upset customers along the way. I may even lose some clients because my team is learning and I'm letting go. Now I'm trusting my team to execute. I'm having amazing coaching moments. Failure is the classroom where we hone our skills, right? So now we can coach and we can teach our team. So now that I'm delegating, I've got time to learn. Now that I'm learning, I can start to see what's in front of me. And when I can see what's in front of me, now I can start to lay out that critical path and I can start to say, you know, we've been self performing all this work and the labor is really expensive and it's really hard to find all the labor. But what I found is that Pete's Concrete is like the best concrete company that we work with. And I can actually subcontract all my concrete work to him. And now you're starting to see, okay, now I'm freeing up time. Now I'm taking steps. Oh, wait, that worked really, really well. That was a really nice initiative that we went on. Now let's, let's subcontract out our electrical work, right? And so now that we have the time to invest in our business and we're constantly growing and we're constantly learning and we're diving in now we have the time and the freedom to get out of the rat race. so many business owners they can't free themselves up like it's just they live in a in a in a bubble of negativity and they can't get out of how do i make payroll and how do i avoid the the constant crisis with my with my employees and with my clients right like they're stuck in that rat race well it starts with i'm going to be a learner I'm going to delegate and now I'm going to have the time to learn. And that's how I go about answering that question. I, I love that because you're, you're
0: talking about handing off authority to other people, trusting them, building that broader platform. But that brings in the, the, the phrase that I, to me, I'm hearing a lot of uh, as a business owner, you want to work on your business, not in your business I mean would you say that that's a valuable phrase? I mean that sounds like yeah. sounds like that's really what you've employed and has helped you move to the next step is helping you once you see the big picture you're not an employee with your company you're working on your business and you're able to see a little more globally and you recognize hey if I have a great like uh electrician if I have a great concrete guy huh
1: now what i can it helps you be curious doesn't it it does and you know i like to think like uh, for your listeners or for anybody out there if you're if you take notes or whatever think of your business like this just grab a pen write down sales write down operations and then write down culture and then just real quick think about how much of your time is spent on operations right now and you just put that percentage down what is that 30 percent 50 percent And then do the same with sales and then do the same with culture. And that'll tell you where you're spending your time. And so I believe to grow your business, to to work on your business, not in your business, my goal personally is to spend 70% of my time on culture. So what does my job look like? My job looks like I'm going to go hang out with Jonathan for an hour and a half in his office and we're just going to chop it up. We're going to talk about personal stuff. We're going to talk about what the Seahawks are doing. We're going to talk about what's going on in life. We're going to talk about business stuff because I'm investing in my team. And that's my goal. And so like, as you grow and as you build, where is your time spent? Well, I can be really, really good at investing in my team. But if I try to jump in the sales seat, man, I'm just going to mess those guys up. If I try to jump in the operations team, I'm just going to mess those guys up. So where am I going to drive the ship and I'm going to drive the ship through culture. And that's my goal. 70%. So that's a major
0: paradigm switch. And I think that is a power move because that, that ultimately culture is the driver of everything else that gets back into because you, then you can establish the cause. So what, but that had to have been a difficult paradigm shift for you. Oh, it was tough. How did you make that shift to pull yourself out of the the tyranny of the urgent, the day to day rat race, and and begin trusting and get to the place where you could be seventy percent, because if you, I mean, I'm guessing if you jump to that too quickly, you can also sabotage the the, the bottom line yeah, as well.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and you know that is such a phenomenal question. So so let me tell you how I plan that out. I started it with what I call Pizza Fridays. Okay. This is where it all started. And it was just this simple idea that for 12 months, every week, everybody on the team, no matter where they're at, no matter what project they're doing, no matter what construction is going on, we're going to circle around the office and we're going to have pizza at 1230. And when we have pizza at 1230, we're not talking about work. We're not talking about business. We're just laughing and hanging out. And I and I put this in place and I brought on an, a new head of operations and he came into the office and he was like, pizza Fridays suck. It's the stupidest thing in the world. You're just wasting company time, Dave. We got to kill this. And I was like, no, man, this is a part of our culture. This is a part of the culture plan. Six months later, he comes to me and he says, pizza Fridays are my favorite thing in the world. I know so much about everybody who works here. It's my favorite time of the week. In fact, I look forward to it. And so I did pizza Fridays for a couple of years. And now you go into pizza Friday and it's like people are in there laughing. The room is so loud. It's like you're at a rock concert because they're just having fun. Can I interrupt you just for a second? Did you say culture plan?
0: Do you have a a literal culture plan? I do. Oh my! You just blew my mind. Okay, so okay, we we need to reshape the road here. We need to take a left turn at Albuquerque. What (laughs) is your culture plan, and how did you develop that?
1: Well, I, you know, for me, I, you know, I understood that like culture and, and building amazing teammates, building amazing partners is what I have to do. And I started it with the idea of think of each employee as a volunteer. This was kind of the groundwork. Imagine if each person on the team came to work and they were working for free. They were just donating your team to the, your t- their time to the team. How would you treat them if they were five minutes late? Would you be like, "Oh, no problem. You know what? It's no big deal. Thanks for showing up." Really, that that attitude of gratitude, right? And so it started there, and then it started with, "Okay, you know what." It's going to be a little bit it's going to be a little bit weird pushing all this culture, but how do I get to know people? How do I get to know the name of every single person on my team? How do I get to know the name of every single one of their kids? And then how do I get to know what their dreams are? Right. So those were the questions that I started to ask myself. And I said, because if I know my people, then then I'm going to have a successful business. And what I learned was that, oh, my gosh, they have to know me, too. That means that I have to get vulnerable that means that i have to be real i can't just live in an ivory tower like i have to invest time and so time started the culture plan started with culture with pizza fridays and then it it moved to let's have with let's have lunch with dave on thursdays and so every single employee no matter who you are whether you just started or you've been here for 12 years every thursday in alphabetical order i go to lunch For an hour and a half, two hours with one of my teammates. And I just do it in alphabetical order. And we just hang out. We eat Mexican food. We have a great conversation. Sometimes you got somebody on the other end of the table. And and they cry the whole time. Sometimes they laugh the whole time. You hear people say, oh man, I'm so nervous to go to lunch. But it's always this incredible experience. and And I really get to know the people. And they get to know me. And I have this idea like, we want to work with people we love. We want to spend time with people we love. We spend more time at work than we do with our family. So we've got to invest in that culture. And so then what comes next? Right. What's next? Okay. Well, we have what's called First Friday. And First Friday, every single month, we celebrate our team for a couple hours. We have a big meal. We have awards that we give out we have funny little skits that we do we have joke offs but everybody's involved and so now they're a part of that culture right and we're talking about Embridge and where we give back and what our mission is and our mission change the world right that's what we want to do we want to change the world and so everybody is in on that particular mission and it's just these little tiny steps that you take in your business And you actually plan them out over years, right? It takes years and years and years to implement in these cultures, but you find that you have people who don't want to leave. And that's what makes your business powerful because you don't lose that tribal knowledge. You have people committed to the program. And that's how I start to build that culture program. So if you were going to, if you were going to mentor
0: someone and give them Their first step towards building a culture plan. What is that first step? You know,
1: for me, the step is Pizza Fridays, right? That's it. I mean, it's just simple. Spend a little bit of time, invest, and in that, no phones, right? We're not hanging out on our cell phones. I'm, as the business owner, if you're sitting there texting, everybody else is going to be texting. So, you know, invo- involve conversation, and I think that's step one.
0: Is just is just building some sort of paradigm or some an opportunity for the everyone to engage. Uh, would you say that that is the first step? Whether it's pizza, Chinese food, or whatever it is, yeah. pizza worked for you. Uh, I mean, it, it could be mini golf. Who who knows? Depending sure. on the culture, but it's just some way for for everyone to like you said a minute ago, become vulnerable and begin sharing.
1: What is that life outside of outside of the nine to five? Yeah. And it's got you know, it's got to be simple and it's got to be sustainable.
0: Right. Would you say another key element to that, though, is understanding what that long
1: term vision is? Do they need to establish that or is it just they figure it out on the fly? No, I think you definitely want to plan those things out, right? like you definitely want to say, like my goal like was- Stephen, start, Like Stephen
0: Covey says, begin with the end in mind. Did they need to
1: establish the end? Yeah, abs- I agree 100%. You always start with the end in mind, right? I'm a I'm a big EOS guy. So, you know, I utilize EOS in the business. And what are we doing? We're, we're planning out our rocks, our goals. And, you know, we're looking at them, building the business 90 days at a time. So it's the same with that culture plan, right? You're really thinking of it and. And the goal for me was simple. It was just, I want to know the name of every person who works for me. I want to know the name of their kids and spouses and family. And I want to know what their dreams are. Those were the things, that's what I wanted to accomplish. And I I didn't know how long it would take. I didn't know how easy it would be. I didn't even know if people would want to share that with me. And what I found was people don't want to share that with you unless you share it with them. That means you got to get vulnerable
0: yeah absolutely and and that doesn't mean vulnerability to the point of uh you know (laughs) what's my internet history uh that's not that's not vulnerable to the point where you're you're jeopardizing your credibility um because everyone has something they're working through but it is hey this is the name of my dog i love my dog Uh, these are my kids and this is what they're you know this is their ups and downs i mean uh i mean what would you agree with me there? or Am I being guarded? Yeah, no, and not being vulnerable? no,
1: you're, you're totally right on. You're totally right on. Like we're not getting into your, into your black book of secrets, right? We're not, we're not digging skeletons out of the closet here, but we're just knowing like, uh, you know, Todd Chapman guy works for me. Right. I know one of his kids, like she's the honey badger. They call her the honey badger. So I can go up to Todd and I'm like, Hey man, how's the honey badger doing today? And he's like, Oh man, the honey badger, you know, she's doing this and that her name is Rowan. But I know at home they call her the Honey Badger, and so yeah. you know, like he's he might come in, and he might go, "Oh man, the Honey Badger had a rough night last night. She wasn't feeling too good." It's like, hey man, I'll I'll have that in prayer, right? I'll I'll be looking out for her. But you have this relationship that's more than just you know the crust of the earth, right? We've 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 digging, we've dug in a little bit beneath that. We know each other. We know what's going on, and it gives us the opportunity to say, "Hey man, this is what's going on in my life." and and that's cool because somebody can come in and they and and you know what's going on and you're like hey listen work from home yeah right. oh yeah right and they're like Absolutely. seriously I get to work from home today yeah man listen this is about you this is you about what's going on yeah and that's what I love about just being able to know what's going on like somebody will share you know, what's going on in their life. And, and that takes a little bit of give on both sides. You can't come in as the boss and just be like, yeah, so uh, what are the name of your kids? And then you write that down mechanically and then, okay, what's the name of your dog? And okay. And what are your dreams? And, and then it's like, you know,
0: authentic, real, authentic connection with the people <laughs> that you're surrounded with and spending as much time on a daily basis as they do with their family. That's right. And, and when, to- when you say that that's almost a good litmus test is Do you know their nickname and their kid's nickname? I mean, that's a driver.
1: I mean, because that's deep knowledge. It is. And when you think about doing that across your organization, right, and now you're invested in them, do we quit friends? Do we quit family? No. Do we fire friends? Do we fire family? You know, a lot of times we don't do that, right? Nobody wants to fire a friend. Nobody, Nobody wants to do that. And so what it enables us to do is have these conversations and then we look at our core values and we look at our mission statement. And if we have an issue, like I can sit down and I can say, hey, Todd, listen, you know, I, I love you working here. I love hanging out. I love everything that we're building. I-, I love what you're bringing to the table. You know, our mission is change the world. And, you know, what you did here, man, that's holding us back from changing the world. Ooh. You know, yes. how do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? And then it becomes the
0: KPI just as much as your sales quota becomes the KPI.
1: It does. Right. And then it's like, okay, it's not me hammering them on you didn't show up at nine o'clock in the morning. Right. It's like, hey, how are we changing the world together? How are we doing this together? Because I can't change the world on my own. I can only do it with an amazing team who buys into the journey. Let's take this journey together. It's going to be wild. It's going to be disappointing. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be successful. Sometimes we're going to get mad at each other. That's okay. But at the end of the day, let's keep moving forward. Let's have open and honest communication. And if we do something that doesn't make another person feel good, like let's be open and honest about that. And we can only do that when we break through that initial crust of, well, you're the boss and I'm the employer. Absolutely. Excuse me. And Dave, okay, so I'm I'm running
0: close to the end of time, but what I want to do here is I uh, and I don't I don't always do this, but I want to read off your company's mission statement because there are many mission statements that are just written well, but this okay. is clearly the fabric of who you are, and it identifies your DNA. So I'm going to read it off, and and then you tell me about it um, okay. because it. It's more than just a pretty picture on the wall for you guys. So here's, here's what it says. It says, we're founded on the principle of God, family, then business. We don't just build outdoor construction. We build communities. We build charities. We build to bless our clients, our employees, and our surroundings. Man, so just that... I mean, there's so many things that just filter everything that just that take things that filter down the the actions of your your company. Tell me about that mission statement.
1: Well, you know, when we think about the mission statement, you know, and I was actually thinking about mission statements earlier this morning. It's funny that you would even bring that up. But uh, the you know, the goal with the mission statement is we want to set the expectation clearly. So. Like when we're talking about giving instruction or, or giving communication like we want people to know who we are, we want them to know what we are all about, and we want to make sure that we have clearly communicated that right and i'll give you an example, if you and I are working together. And and I run and I run by you and I grab you in the hall and I say, hey, you know, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to call Pete. I'd like you to call Roger. I'd like you to call Mike. Um, After that, I'd like you to create an SOP on sending out emails. And then I'd like you to book a flight for me to Las Vegas. Can you handle that? And you sit there and you're like, yeah, 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 I got all that. Okay, great. And then you leave and you think. What was I going to do first? What what am I supposed to do today? And then the boss leaves and he's like, man, I just killed 10 tasks. I'm really doing it. I'm really communicating well. And it's the same thing with our mission statement, right? Like it just hangs on the wall. No one listens to it. No one looks at it. It should be the lens by which we, uh, you know, view every single process and every single decision that we make. So to give clear communication so that everybody on the team, every client, every subcontractor, every supplier, everybody knows what we're doing. We want those things clear, right? We build, we build to bless. That means your life as the employee. That means the subcontractor. That means the client, right? We want everybody to know that's our goal. We're invested in community. So we are going to make the world a better place. Like, If we're in the community today and we close up our shop and nobody misses us, we have failed to deliver on our mission statement. Right. And so that's how I look at the mission statement. I want a clear set of expectations so that nobody leaves reading the mission statement and then says, and what are we doing again? Why are we here? What is this company about? So that's why it's written the way that it is.
0: There are three words that are, uh, because I'm a communication coach, there's three words that really unlock the whole understanding. And it's the, we don't just, we don't just build outdoor construction. So you eliminate it immediately. We're we're not here to just complete the task for the client. We're here for so much more. And Dave, that is clearly part. We didn't even get a chance to get into the specific uh, charities that you, that you guys Uh, pursue, but man, you provided a masterclass today. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you shared. And I look forward to the impact that it's going to make as we we put this out on every channel we possibly can. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for the time, time with me, but the time that you're giving, not only to building the culture of your company, but then outward into Judea, Samaria, and the ever, the utter, Uh, other parts of the world. So Dave, thank you for the impact that you're making. Thank you for this time that we got to spend together.
1: Hey, thank you, Ben. It was an honor to be on your show. It was an honor to be here. And uh, I really thank you for the privilege and the opportunity.
0: All right, buddy. I look forward to talking to you down the road. You have a good day.
1: Have a great day.